0: Well, this weekend, on Friday, my granddaughter spent the night with us and we were coloring at the dining room table and she looks at me and she goes, I brought you a present. I said, oh, okay. So she ran to her little suitcase and she comes out and she brings me a dollar. She puts it in front of me and says, oh, great. And she goes, that's for Disneyland. I said, oh, yeah, because we're actually saving to take them to Disneyland, but the deal is they have to save also. So I'm looking at the dollar we're coloring and she's looking at me and I said, do you want to go put that in the Disneyland jar? She goes, yeah said, so, okay. So we went into the room. She puts it in the jar. And then on the way back, she was just talking up a storm, like, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And she had all this vision and hopes and dreams of this trip. And I thought, you know, I'm looking at the perfect picture of Paul's encouragement to the church. Because he said to them, when he wrote a letter to the Corinthians, he said, you know, plan ahead with what you're going to give on the first day of the week. Because you don't want to give out of force or compulsion. But you want to give out of joy because God loves a joyful giver. And I was looking at my granddaughter and I said, that's a perfect picture. See, she has a plan. We're going to Disneyland. She has a purpose for that. I'm going to have fun at Disneyland with my family. And she has an expectation. She's going to meet Mickey and Minnie and all of those things. And because she had a plan, a purpose, and an expectation, giving was such a joy for her. We're like that. We have a plan. We want to reach those far from God, one relationship at a time. We have a purpose. We want them to know the hope that only Jesus brings. And we have an expectation that once they meet Jesus, they're going to choose to commit their lives to him. And so when we give with our tithes and our offerings, we're giving with a plan, a purpose, and an expectation. And that helps us to give joyfully. Now, if you're visiting for the first time, you don't have to give. You can just receive the message, hear what the words are, and apply that to your lives. You can give if you want, but you don't have to. If you're from another church, we understand that your tithes go there. But if you say, man, new hope, I have a plan, a purpose, an expectation that matches in line with what God is doing there. And this is where we get to obey God with our tithes and bring our offerings. Would you bow your heads and let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for calling us, for having a plan for us, and then for allowing us to be a part of your purpose in reaching those who need to know you. Lord God, would you bless the obedience that we have in bringing our tithes, would you receive our offerings, and then would you take everything that we have and then turn it around, Lord God, to bless the people around us so they would know the hope that only you can bring. We ask this all in the name of your son Jesus, amen. Well, Pat, we're continuing the series today, what, what do you mean? I forgot it again, okay, what do you really mean? And we're going to be talking about repentance. Now, that's a one that we always think well, about. What, what repentance, what does that mean? Well, I, don't, I don't get it. Well, Pastor Sheldon will be explaining that to us today. But before we do that, we actually ask some of our kids, what does it mean? What does sorry and what does repentance mean? So let's hear their answer.
1: What does it mean
0: when you say sorry? It means
1: you're to forgive you for
0: what you've done. You want to, like, you didn't mean what you did and want to start over or be friends again. I think it can mean two, like, two different things. Like, if it could be sarcastic, but if you're, like, actually serious about it, then it could mean that you're actually apologizing for something that they had to go through. If someone does something to you, does something to you, uh, they say sorry, and then they forgive yeah. you, and play you. you. When you push the button, then say sorry. What does repentance mean? <laughs> uh, go off on your own and be like rebel out, I guess. I don't know. Um, I would say it's like you're renewed, like, you know, when you get baptized and you're born again. Okay, what's your repentance? Okay, I'll, I'll do my best a uh, different Um, uh, maybe repentance. I mean, we okay. repentance. Repentance, think, means uh, a good life. Repentance means you respect. I don't
1: know. I think repentance means these kids are so cute. Like, we don't even care about the definition anymore. But really, what is repentance? What do we mean when we say repentance? Because we hear that often. We hear, even in the Bible, that John the Baptist, who came before Jesus in his ministry, who was the cousin of Jesus would always say repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. So we hear that word repent. But if you ask children what that word repentance means, there's a little like confusion. But when you ask them what sorry means, they know a little bit more about what sorry means because when you're that age, you have to say you're sorry a lot. Because especially if you have uh, siblings or if you're in school, you know, they're learning at at an early age what it means to be sorry. But there is a difference between being sorry and repenting. So we want to understand what does repentance mean and how does that affect our lives. There are are some, some differences that we want to look at. And when you think of repentance, it can almost sound religious. When you think of sorry or being sorrowful or remorse, That we can understand because we walk that out at an early age. But let's look at those two words. There are reasons for sorrow and reasons for repentance. The reasons for sorrow are different between remorse and repentance. When you're remorseful, it's primarily about being sorrowful for the the consequences of our sins. Like you're sorry you got caught or I'm sorry that happened. So you feel remorseful. Guilt comes along with that too. So you feel guilty because something happened. But repentance is primarily being sorrowful towards sinning towards God. So there's a, there's a, different, a different feel of it or emotion. Repentance also, if we look at the direction of where you're going, repentance will always drive you towards God. Remorse or sorrowful can lead you away from God because you feel guilty. So guilt will always push you away from God. But if you're repenting, you repent towards God. You're turning away from something and you're turning towards God. So, But at the same time, if you feel sorry and you feel remorseful, if you hate that feeling, after a while, you can choose repent because you're feeling sorrowful. Have you ever said sorry to someone over and over and over again and then after a while they say things like, I'm tired of your sorries. Yeah, Heidi said that one time. She just said, I'm so tired of your sorries. And what she meant was there is a difference between being sorry and repenting. That's why the Bible talks about repentance more than saying I'm sorry. Sorry doesn't lead us towards God unless we choose that direction. But the consequences are also different between remorse and repentance. There's a scripture that's not in your notes in your bulletin, but it says this, and it's in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10. And it, it, it's up here on the screen. It says, for the sorrow that is according to the will of God produces a repentance without regret, leading to salvation. But the sorrow of the, of the world produces death. So the, the, the sorry that we feel in the world, it leads us away from God and it produces death because there's no, there's no result that draws you closer to God who gives us life. But when there's a repentant heart and you're saying, Lord, I want to turn from my ways and I want to turn towards you, then that produces a, re- a repentance without regret leading to salvation. So godly sorrow produces Something that leads to salvation. It's a it's a a repentance without regret. So if we understand just the foundation of it, Hosea chapter four tells us this: My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. In other words, if we don't understand what the Bible means when we hear the word repentance, then we'll get the two confused and we'll feel sorry. We'll be sorrowful, but we'll never repent and there's a there's a there's a reason why God wants us to repent. The word repentance is the notion of repenting that follows the notion of sin. In other words, when there's a sin in there, now there's a now there's a repentance that can take place because you're turning away from this and turning towards God. And it suggests that sin is an act or attitude which can be corrected by some type of change in a person. So repentance can bring about a change that's what that, that that whole thought process of I want to repent. There's a change involved in it. Sorry, you don't need to change. You just feel sorry. You feel bad. There's an emotion attached to it. Repentance, on the other hand, if you're saying I am repenting, that means I'm changing. There is a major difference between the two. In the book of Matthew, chapter three, verses one and two, it's John the Baptist who is saying these words, and it says, "Now in." Those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, John the Baptist, who is the cousin of Jesus, was about three months older than Jesus. John the Baptist had his ministry of baptizing people. That's why he's called John the Baptist. So he's baptizing people unto repentance. So there's an outward, exterior uh, look of repentance that you were baptized unto repentance. But John the Baptist said, there's someone coming that is more, more, is greater than I am, who where this type of repentance is going to be a repentance that is on the inside. So when we, when we hear the words, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, I used to think of that as bad news because it sounded bad. Like John the Baptist was saying, you better, you better change because the kingdom of God is coming. Like hey, we better clean up dad's coming home. We better clean up mom's coming home. So there is a difference in in the heart attitude because it's like bad news is being shared. And that's how I would receive it that boy, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. But when Jesus comes on the scene in Matthew chapter 4 verse 17, it says from that time Jesus began to preach and say, "Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand." What Jesus brought was a it was it was continuing that, that, that thought process of repentance, but, more, but it was more about drawing close to God because God wants to draw close to you. It wasn't a bad news. It was a good news. It was, hey, remember dad says we're going to go to the beach? Yeah, well, he's almost home, so let's clean up. Remember we were going to go to the beach? Mom said when she comes home, so she's coming home, so let's clean up. There is a different heart attitude towards the kingdom of God is at hand. There is a difference between... Sorrowful and repentance. When we think of the word repentance, religion comes into mind. But really, it's a change of the heart. It's a change of the mind. When John the Baptist was saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, there was a a man by the name of Herod. He was a tetrarch. He was a, a ruler of the province that they were staying in, in the province of Judea and Jerusalem, that whole entire area. And he married, he actually divorced his wife and then married his brother's wife. So John the Baptist was saying, okay, this is, this is not right. This is, not, this is what you're not supposed to be doing, so you need to repent. He's saying you need to change your ways. Well, Herod didn't like that, so he got John arrested, put him in prison, and actually eventually executed John. And John was beheaded. So now Jesus steps on the scene. And from John saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, that almost sounded like bad news. Because God is coming, you need to change. Jesus comes on the scene and he says, Daddy's coming. So there's something better coming up. Therefore, let's change our ways. There's something better happening. There is good news. Jesus brought good news. So when Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, don't take it as, oh boy, Jesus is coming back soon, so I better get my act together. It's actually the opposite. It's because he's coming back, I want to do better. I want to change because something better is coming up. I want to repent. And the Hebrew word for repentance, when you look at that word repent, it really means to turn. There's a turning that takes place. Something good is about to happen. And the idea of walking with the Lord in the ways of God and having that journey with him, is that common metaphor that we see in the Old Testament. It's walking with the Lord. It's used in the way of taking this journey with the Lord. So as we're journeying with God, in fact, when the Israelites turned away from God and they were enslaved in Egypt, when they began doing their own thing, God says, you know, I'm going to set you free. So walk in my ways. As they're walking into the promised land, they're walking in the ways of God But then they start doing their own thing. They start worshiping false idols and they start rebelling against God. And therefore the word repent comes in. It's saying, wait a minute, why are you going backwards? And why do you want to go back to where you were? Enslaved in Egypt. I have a promise for you, the promised land. So repent, turn from slavery and then head in my direction for the promises. So when God says to repent, there's a reason for that. It's not just to change our ways. He's saying, change because there's something better ahead. There's a greater life ahead. So you're going to leave the lifestyle of of slavery to sin and now you're going to follow me. To deviate from the way is at the same time to lose sight of the objective. If you deviate from the ways of Christ, the ways of God, then you lose sight of the promise that God has for us, the blessings of God. It was in the Old Testament with the prophets, the, the major prophets, the minor prophets, Amos, Hosea, Jeremiah, where they would all say the same thing, to turn from your old ways, head in God's direction. Repent, return to me, says the Lord. They would all say these things because they understood that there were blessings up ahead. Psalms chapter 1, verse 1 says it like this, and it starts off in this way, how blessed, how blessed is the man Who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. And then it gives the blessing. This This is the reason why you repent. Here's the blessing. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And let's read this part together. Ready? Go. And in whatever he does, he prospers. That's the blessing that God wants for us. He's saying, here's the word repentance. And when you understand that, there's a reason for it. It's not just to repent, to change. It's because I have something greater up ahead that you're going to prosper. in Whatever you do, you're going to prosper. So here's how we walk out repentance as well as see the promises of God that come with it. Here's the first thing, is to change the way I think so that it's more Christ-like because that's where everything begins. It's in our thought process. And and we've developed a habit of of the way we think or a a thought process in the way we think. We've developed a a certain life and so we, we think in a certain way. Like we say as we get older, you can't teach a dog new tricks. But we're not dogs. We're human beings. So human beings can learn new things. How? To repent. By repenting. That's how we learn new things. Repentance means a change of the mind. Metanoia. That's the, that's the Greek word, to change the mind. It's a, it's a, it's a way to morph, or, or, or morph the way our minds are made up. In other words, in our brains, we have neurons, right? And we have synapses, and it transmits information. So as we grow up, our brain forms these neural pathways of how we function, how we make decisions, and so it's locked in. That's why after a while, you don't have to, you don't have to think about how you brush your teeth. Like when you're a little kid and you're trying to brush your teeth, you're just like all over the place, toothpaste is going down your neck, and you don't continue to brush your teeth like that in your 40s. Some of, some of you do, but you need to post that. That'll be awesome. We, we developed a habit that our brain already is firing with muscle memory and everything that has been learned throughout the years. Even bad habits have been learned, even the way we think has been learned. So by the time we come to an age where we say yes to Jesus, our mind has to change. Otherwise, we still do the same things over and over, even though we're Christians. That's why sometimes the world has a hard time believing that we believe in God. Because we're the same person we were before we met Christ. And we're telling people, you got to come to know Jesus. Really? You know Jesus? Yeah? What made you think I wasn't a believer? Well, because we act the same as the rest of the world. So the world needs to see a difference. Why? Because if there's no change in us, then the word repentance has no meaning for them. That's why Jesus says, repent. for The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. There's something greater up ahead. And in whatever you do, you're going to prosper. He's, God is looking for the blessing in our life. He wants to bless us. So we got to change the way we think so that we become more Christ-like. Have you ever met someone who is Christ-like? Yeah, they're, they're, they're the most kindest people, and they're probably the most repentant person, that they change the way they think. They say, oh, I've got to change that. I've got to be different. I want to be better. Not to be better then, but just to represent the Lord better. It's a change of the mind. It involves a, a, a turning with contrition, or that, that state of remorseful, A remorsefulness. That yes, there's sorrowfulness, but your your sorrow is a godly sorrow, which leads to repentance that leads to salvation. So there is a process that we go through when there's repentance. Romans 12, 2 says it like this. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Yeah, that word transform, that's the metanoia, That's the transformation, the changing of the mind, the metamorphosis that takes place. And we automatically copy the behaviors of the world. We grow up in it, so we automatically copy the behaviors. We're learned creatures from birth. That's why you watch little babies as, at an early age. Their arms are all over the place. Legs are all over the place. And you're playing with them. You're playing peekaboo and all of these things. And, you're, and the way we talk to children, they say, hello. Hello. Try doing that to your spouse. (laughs) But what you're doing at an at an early age is you're being gentle. You're showing them kindness, and you're speaking to them in a way that they can understand. You're not trying to be scary. You're trying to be gentle. You're not going up to your 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 baby and saying, "Okay, so what what are you doing today? How come uh, you you, you're not drinking your bottle correctly?" But we talk like that to our teenagers. (laughs) So there is a a learn process that we go through. So as creatures, our brains are now formed by the world. And the Bible says, don't copy the behaviors of the world. By the time we come to Christ, yes, there's a lot that we still need to learn we get into the Word of God. But just as important as it is with learning from the Word of God, there is a lot we need to unlearn from our worldly behaviors. Because we've been so ingrained with a certain way of living, we need to repent. We need to change the way we think, change our mind. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 11 and 12, as well as verse 16, it says, No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's Spirit, not the world's Spirit. In other words, as believers, we received God's Spirit. So we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. In verse 16, it says, For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach Him? But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. Did you know that you have the mind of Christ if you received Him into your life? In other words, God has given us the ability to change the way we think by giving us a new mind to think. Not our own mind, but the mind of Christ. That's why we get to know Him. That's why it's important for us to build this relationship with Him. When we get to know Jesus, we get to know how He thinks. And because now it's His mind in us, we have to unlearn our old mind and develop this new mind. The old mind, when we come home and say, Honey, what's for dinner? Now it's a new mind with Christ, and it's, Honey, I love you. You're the best in the world. I'm sorry for yelling at you earlier. It's going to take that much effort because it's not natural. It's just not natural. You've got to fight it. There's going to be a fight. And if you t- try doing that when you come home, your spouse is going to be like, yeah, I like your old ways. I don't know about... It sounds weird. But what you're doing is you're you're being transformed. And although hilarious in that kind of setting, what you're doing is you're saying, Lord, I, w- I want to be different. I don't want to be the same. I want to be more like you. Well, therefore, repentance needs to come in. And when you understand how someone thinks, and thinking like Jesus, it's a lot easier to make the kinds of decisions... That they would make. If you understand, if you know someone well, it's easier to make the decisions that they would make. When you understand Christ, you understand the decisions He would make. We were shopping in, uh, I, I believe it was, it was KTA. So I don't go shopping. Heidi does the shopping because I'm not, I'm not good at it. I, I bought a box of crackers for her yesterday, and I bought two because it was on sale. Because a sign said, you know, special rate. And then there was a normal price. It was like, I don't know, eleven dollars or something. And so I saw it, it was like, oh, 1049. It's on sale. Because they have the, you know, they have the, the 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 nice looking sign. So I bring it home and she goes, Oh, you bought me two. It was on sale. I said, Yeah, it was like 1049. She goes, that's, that's not on sale. It's usually like seven dollars. I'm like, seven dollars. I said, but for you, honey, I spend twenty. I spend twenty. No, hey, eh, eh. hey, money is no object. So now you got to transfer funds from this account to the. But I I I don't shop well. So we're in we're in the store and I'm uh, this other day I'm in 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 KTA, and they have like an unbelievable system. I'm in the middle of the aisle and Heidi says you're in the way. I'm looking around. There's nobody there. She goes you see the arrow on the ground. You got to turn to the side. I'm like this is so good. Like it keeps it keeps it free from you know traffic and you know. Uh, road rage so and then and then I start moving forward she goes no 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 not yet you can't park over here and there's this huge area if you've shopped there this huge area that says no parking you can't bring your shopping carts in there I'm thinking they must have went through some horrendous things just to have this huge place that says no parking like fender benders and you know people not putting on their blinker and somebody's bread got smashed you know things like that to come up with this system and then when it's clear you don't just go to whatever one is open. You have to go to that one. And then Heidi said, well, let me just check the other aisle to see if it's clear. I'm like, wow, this is, shopping is hard. <laughs> so she goes to the other aisle. There's no one. She goes, you can go in that one because there's no one in that, regist- that catch register. So I go to that aisle. I'm thinking, this, is, this system is unreal. And she looks at me. She goes, you, you really don't shop here, yeah? You don't. I said, no, every time I come here, I pick up a pokeball, go to the express lane, and I'm out. So I don't shop and cruise around. But the way they've done things, they have a, a way of doing things. It's, it's, it's developed into a way of how people think. This helps people to shop better. And I thought, Lord, may we have that kind of thinking, that we, we start thinking what you would think that we would have pathways and arrows that says, no, 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 this is not what you need to be doing right now, Sheldon. This is how I'm thinking. This is where you go. Otherwise, there's going to be a fender bender here. No, 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 this is not where you want to go. Not yet. Watch my timing. You want to be cautious. Nope, don't speak that just yet. Just listen to my voice first. No, don't make that decision yet. Listen to my voice first. See, when when you develop the mind of Christ, now, now we live for him and because of him. Because the end result is how blessed is the person. That in whatever you do, you prosper. We don't change the way we think for the sake of different thinking. We change the way we think so that we can become more like Jesus. That's the whole process. The second thing is to remember that you and I are refreshed when we repent. Repent. See, when we turn from our ways and turn to God's ways, we're refreshed. But not because we've turned, but because we've turned to the Lord. And that's the full measure of repentance. It's not just changing the way we think, it's turning toward the Lord. That's what the full measure of repentance is. It's turning from my ways and then heading in God's direction. I'm following Him now. And therefore, because of Him, I'm refreshed. You're refreshed. Acts chapter 3, verse 19 says it like this. Repent, therefore, and be converted. In other words, there's a process, there's a change of life that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come, how? From the presence of the Lord. When when you repent, there's there's a presence of God that comes in because you're turning towards Him. And because of that, there are times of refreshing that comes into life to be converted means to turn to the worship of the true God. And it's not just changing the way we think, but there's a conversion that takes place. Now we're worshiping the true God. Hudson Taylor, who was a a missionary to inland China, he he believed that that a repentant person was a healthy person, and a healthy person made for a healthy church. So whenever he saw someone He would always greet people, not with saying, hello, how are you doing? He would always greet them by saying, have you repented today? Have you repented today? Because he knew that there was health at the end of repentance, that there was a blessing that God wanted to bring. See, we can turn from our old ways, but then live in a way that is not consistent with the character of Christ. But we're refreshed only when we turn to the Lord. Why? Because it's not turning from our ways that times of refreshing may come. It's turning from our ways to the Lord that the presence of the Lord will bring that refreshing. Yeah, when you turn to the Lord, times of refreshing come. When you turn to the Lord, now your, your, your marriage is refreshed. Now your relationships are refreshed. The, the, way we, the way we utilize our resources are refreshed. That God provides and he shows up. Why? Because we're turning towards him. And now times of refreshing comes from the presence of the Lord. If you think about repentance and that word repent or that phrase, repent for the kingdom is at hand, that the, the reason to repent is because there is something better coming from the kingdom of God. It's not just to turn from our ways. It's because the kingdom of God is at hand. There's something better coming up. When, when I came to know the Lord, I still had a lot of junk, a lot of baggage in my life. But the refreshing came as I continued to be in the presence of God. That I I made it a point to figure out ways to be in the presence of the Lord, not just to attend church. But how how can I be in the presence of God? Lord, how can I be in your presence? How can I be present when you're present? How do I do that? How do I not let my thoughts drift? How do I even during a time of worship not feel anything other than I am worshiping you because that's where I am most refreshed. It's being in the presence of God. So when, when church would begin, for Heidi night, it was, we need, to, we, need to, we need to get there. We need to get there because the entire church service is where I want to be. I want to be a part of everything that God has for me. From worship to the end, I want to be there. Because times of refreshing comes from the presence of the Lord. But if I'm not present in the presence of the Lord, there's no refreshing. I need to make that decision. I learned a couple of of things during worship. I learned postures of worship. I learned to lift my hands. And I had to learn that because the the old way was, wow, look at these people. Why are they clapping? Why are they raising their hands? That's kind of weird. But you go to a football game, you don't look at people cheering people on and saying, wow, they're clapping and cheering. That's kind of weird. No one says that. Why? Because we're cheering on the team. They're victorious. They made a touchdown. They they scored a point. We, 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 We cheer because they did something great. Well, God did the greatest thing we could ever possibly imagine. He saved us from eternal separation from him. So for me to lift my hands in church is not weird at all. In fact, for me to lift my hands at a game and not in church, that's weird. As a believer, that's weird. Like, how can I be praising man and not my God? That's what I had to think about. Now, you may be in church and you're thinking, great, now i got to come church and i got to raise my hand or else I'm weird. <laughs> it was a heart change. My hands don't go up unless my heart does first. But this is what I learned. After a while, I thought, Lord... I know that it's not about my feelings right now. It's about who you are. So, Lord, right now, I don't feel like praising you, but I will because my spirit wants to. My flesh doesn't, but my spirit does. And so, therefore, I'm going to worship you with my spirit. I don't feel like it, Lord, right now. I don't want to raise my hand. I'm going through this. I'm mad at you. I'm upset, but my spirit wants to praise you. I want to lift my hands to you because you're worthy. I'm not right now. I'm not worthy. I'm going through this stuff but you're worthy. Therefore, I raise my hands because you're worthy. I applaud you. I clap my hands because you are victorious and the enemy is defeated. It's also a sign of telling the enemy you're defeated. That's what they would do in the old days. They would clap their hands at the enemy, at the prisoners, saying you're defeated. And so I had to learn the postures of worship. I had to learn these things because I wanted to not just change the way I thought, but have a true heart of repentance and find that refreshment in the presence of God. Everything changes when we repent. We start learning new things. I wanted to not just learn how to use my Bible, but then how to apply it. Learning about the Old Testament. That's all about before Jesus came. And then learned about the New Testament. Oh, that's when when Jesus arrived and then after his resurrection. It's just basic things that I began to learn to be in the presence of God, to understand what that word repentance meant, and then show up. I just had to show up. Lord, I want to be converted. I don't want to live like how I did. I want to be converted. So I had to learn how to turn away from my old life to learn this new life that God wanted for me. So that repentance came and refreshing came. Not just in my life, but in my family and so forth. And then the last thing I understood was that repentance leads me towards God's blessing. I think that's what we want. And there's there's nothing wrong with saying, I want to be blessed by God. He wants us to be blessed. There's no shame in saying, Lord, I want to be blessed. It's okay to say that. But it shouldn't just be for us. As the Bible says, you're going to be blessed to be a blessing. So while we're saying, Lord, I want to be blessed, that's a comma, so I can bless others. Lord, how can I be a blessing to other people? Because isn't it true that it's it's so much easier to just receive the blessings of God? It's very easy. But we also want to be a blessing to other people. So repentance, repentance leads us towards God's blessing, but it also continues on into the world. Isn't it also true that It's so much easier to make things right with someone who is kind rather than with someone who is prideful or stubborn. See, the the blessing, the repentant part of it is not about the other person. It's about what God is doing in our hearts. That we want to be this kind of person. Romans chapter 2 verse 4, it says, Or do you have no regard for wealth or for the wealth of his kindness and tolerance and, and patience in withholding his wrath? Are you actually unaware or ignorant of the fact that God's kindness leads you to repentance? That is to change your inner self, your old way of thinking. Seek His purpose for your life. See, God is humble and He's kind. He's so kind that it should lead us to repentance. Because it's easy to go to someone who is kind and repent. It's easy to go to someone like a I look at my, my children and then my grandchildren. It's so much easier for my grandchildren to come to me and say, oh, Papa, I, I, sorry I did that. I'm not going to do that anymore than my own children when they were growing up. And it's probably because I'm kinder to my grandchildren than I was to my own children. Like they would fear me if they did something wrong. But with my grandchildren, a little bit different. There's more kindness to them. And that's God's reward to us parents that we didn't kill our own children, that he gave us grandchildren. So now we have this love for our grandchildren. And that kindness, God says, that kindness that I have for you, it should lead you to repentance because I'm kind. I'm not going to condemn you. I'm not going to look down on you. In fact, I have a blessing for you that in whatever you do, you're going to prosper. Be in my presence. You'll be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water. Your leaves will not wither. And whatever you do, you're going to prosper. One of the most frustrating things with any computer or phone or or if you have a a tablet, an iPad or something like that, anything with memory on it, the most frustrating thing is you're with a group of people and you're just about to take a picture and you say, cheese, and you click and ah, no more memory. Hang on. Now you gotta sift through all your photos and videos, and then delete who is least important. <laughs> it's like oh, I cannot delete this one. Oh, I cannot delete this one. Ah, oh, I look nice in this one. I like using this one. So, or this video is of this thing, thing happening. My my grandchildren. My children. It's a memory. So we keep it in there, and then because we don't have memory, we can't put anything else on it. The only way we can put Things on our phones is if we wipe out old memories. And it's tough to do. But that's what repentance looks like. It's tough to wipe out the old. But God says, I'm, I want you to do that to make room for the new. I have promises for you, I have promises for your marriage, your family. Your life, I have these promises, but you're still hanging on to the old. You've got to get rid of the old so that I can bring in the new. Like, God is for us. He's saying, this is why I, I'm asking you to repent. I want to bless you, but it's going to take a repenting heart to get there. God has a wealth of kindness, and he wants to give that to you and I today. So repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. It's a kingdom of, gl- of blessings. It's a kingdom of possibilities. Amen. Close your Bibles and put away your notes. We're going to pray together. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads for a moment. I'm going to call Glenn out to the keyboard. And as we close in prayer, if there are things inside of us that we need to repent from, this is the time to do it and be in the presence of God. So let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we're so grateful that not only are we praying together, but as individuals, we're praying to you. And you said that times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. In other words, we want to be in your presence. We don't just want to pray. We want to be in your presence. And so if there's anything in us, Lord, that we need to repent from, maybe our old ways, an attitude, a uh, a stubborn heart, the way we, we think. in whatever it is, Lord, we want to repent from that. We want to turn from those ways. We want to make room for the new. So can you take out the old and bring in the new? We want to make room for that. Lord, I, I pray for all of us as, as we have our families or, or even our, our children, or maybe it's just us today. That there are things that we're asking you for the blessings of. That we're asking for your blessings in our, our life, our finances, with our health. We're just asking for your blessing, Lord, so that we can be a blessing to others. But it comes with a repentant heart, and that's what we choose to do today, Lord, so that times of refreshing may come from you. Lord, I pray for anyone here who has never said yes to you. And if you're here today and you're saying, I want that refreshing. I want to be refreshed in my life. But it comes from the presence of the Lord. I want to be in his presence. And if that's you, I'm going to say a prayer. That as you say this prayer, it's a repentance that is taking place, a turning from your old ways to this new direction. And it's turning to God. It's a repentance that leads to salvation. Salvation is eternal life that God rescued us from our old ways, our old sinful ways, and the sins that you and I have committed to now be washed clean, wiped clean, the spiritual memory clean so that we can develop a new spirit with God so that he can bring in the new. And if that's you, as I pray this prayer, you just pray this prayer with me and then include your heart in it. And here's our prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross and rising from the grave to give me eternal life. I thank you for the love you have for me. I turn from my old ways to your new ways. And I receive that In Jesus' name. And if you just said that prayer for the first time, you just repented but turned towards God, which led to salvation, it is the most important decision that you will ever make in your life. And if you just said that prayer for the first time, I want to pray over you. Could you just lift a hand real real briefly, and you're saying, I just said yes to Jesus. Okay, God sees your hand. He heard your prayer. He sees your hand. He heard your prayer. You back there too, and right there. Yep, Absolutely. Yeah, God may have orchestrated all of this today just specifically for you. You can put your hands down. Lord, I pray for these who said yes to you. It's a brand new life, a brand new spirit, one filled with hope and one filled with your blessings. I pray that in whatever they do, as they firmly plant their life in you, the living waters, that their leaf, their life would not wither. And in whatever they do, they prosper. And I pray that for all of us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all said together, amen. Amen. Let's congratulate those who said yes to Jesus this morning.